Welcome to Opinions and Beer. Today is a two-parter episode. We've got some little conversation, but we also got Kevin Bivens on later for Life Advice Part 5, where we go through Reddit and go through Life Advice and go through and, and answer people's Life Advice questions. An interesting little tidbit. But first off, we're going to sit here. We're going to drink this beer. We're going to drink the beer of the day. The beer of the day is Devour. It's a... Marzipan Imperial Golden Stout, brewed by Three Nations Brewing Company. This beer, our Golden Stout, is brewed with an abundance of oats, honey moths, and lactose milk sugar. The beer is finished with almond extract and whole beans coffee. Uh, a cold brew, intense coffee, and an almond aromas with a nearly peanut butter-like taste and coffee finish. Hey, we already tried. Wait, peanut butter-like. delicious peanut butter. But beer peanut butter-like. You know, that's a little arrogant. So we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see if it's peanut butter light. This beer comes in at eight point three percent alcohol by volume and twenty five IBUs. Devoured. The the picture is pretty cool though. Ooh. So f I mean uh, so far out of everything the picture is uh, looking like that color. Oh yeah no it's a it's a it's a rarity it's a golden stout. So golden stouts are a very rare gem in this world. I know it looks pretty dark. Oh, yeah there we go. Look at that. That is a beautiful amber color right there. So, uh, yeah, usually stouts are black. Hand me that drink of yours, Ed Ray. There you go. Here's, here's, some, here, here's some golden stout for you, Ed Ray. So you can try some of this. It top you off. Uh, well, there it's, we got, go. it's, got a, it's got a decent head retention. De oh, shit. Honestly, it's probably the best head retention we've had the night. I mean, yeah. Depending on when we had this. Like, yeah, because the, uh, the puppy chow didn't have that good of head retention. The mud stout had amazing head amazing retention, head. but this right here. This one's pretty good. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's sticking to the glass and the light latency, whatever it's called. Fuck, fuck me. That's <laughs> what happens when you have too many beers. We've had this. It's a goddamn beer show. We're drinking stouts. <laughs> but anyways, right. devour. Out of everything, though, look at, look at the, uh, uh, Dependent, you know, despite what, however you're listening to this, we've had uh, three beers tonight, and this is the artwork on the beers. What are your thoughts on these artwork? Oh, my God. Like, well, the puppy chow is a simple artwork. It, yeah, it's literally what it's it is. Muddy buddies. Muddy buddies. The mudslide the mud stout's got this McDonald's fresh But it's a fancy... Picture. Fancy picture on it, but then this right here, this devourer's got this awesome little Aztec dude. However, however, I always want to be nice, but you see how this label's peeling off, and we haven't really done anything to it. It's kind of, a, <laughs> yeah, kind no. of a cheap labeling. I'll be honest with you, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I'll say this: like these two, these two's labels feel slick. It doesn't feel like you could peel them off. Yeah, the, really look, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm literally rubbing my finger on this, and the label is peeling off. So this is this is uh, this is kind of straight. Borderline homebrew. Yeah, I mean, this is borderline homebrew. This is what mine looks like. Look at like. that. That label's is already mine. peeling up. This is mine. Th I mean, this is my beer. <laughs> in in a sense, like sticker beer. Like yeah. what I make is sticker beer. So, uh, you want to smell this beer? Oh yeah, let's smell this beer. Let's smell this beer. Oh, it smells very goldeny. Get a little bit on the tip of the nose. This smell goldeny to you? 
little Belgian dip. I don't know if we're too buzzed to taste to smell it. Actually, it smells like honey. Smells like a honey, like a chocolatey, caramelly, like a like. Now this is technically a stout, so technically the basis, the base malt of this should technically these two, the the other two beers of the day, throughout the the, the what. Why'd you scratch your neck? I did Okay. Anyways. There's multiple beers of the day. Uh, of the beers of the day. These. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. My wife is. My wife is. Edit that out. Inviting the children in. <laughs> Anyways. We found us golden. You're have to edit that out. No. Oh, uh, family! Hey, family time is Christmassy. I know. Hey, I love you. Oh my God. Anyways, devour. What was I trying to say? Oh my God. Kids. Well, thank you. Me. Why? You have to bring him out. Well, how? Isn't that recording? Uh, well. Not well. Uh, Come on, Samuel. Come on. Let's go watch that. <laughs> He's like embarrassed by the. As you can uh, clearly see, we've had a mild interruption, but nothing big. And we edited out. Most likely. So, obviously, the uh, probably the the mutts the mud slice stouts probably uploaded first, and then uh, puppy chow, and then devour. <laughs> so that's how probably I'll upload this. Anyways, uh, nice little golden notes. Uh, so. The mudslice, the mudslice stout, and the devour. I mean, the mudslice stout and the puppy chow had very similar base malts. You kind of taste like a similarity, but they, but they both had. They both, they both had chocolate, and they both had the whole like, uh, like sugar cream thing going on. Yeah. But like the peanut butter in that puppy chow was just fucking amazing. I'm saying, I'm saying the stout basis oh, yeah. of how a stout tastes. Well, yeah, they, they tasted very similar in that sense. Yeah. But but the Dark. overall, but obviously you, but we could taste the difference in the brew process and how they how they added different flavors and whatever different malts. So this is a golden malt, so it's very scrutinized because it's a very uh, it's a it's one of those uh, rare four leaf clovers in the stout world, a golden malt because most uh, most stouts are black. You know, straight black. So a golden, a golden stout is a rarity. This is a, in fact, a golden stout. So uh, uh, we smelled it. You ready to try the Devour Imperial Marzipan Imperial Golden Stout? Three Nations Brewing. Let's go for it. What you got? Okay. You know what? I gave you some shit for it. I did. 
Gotta, gotta eat some crow on this one. Oh, shit! With a nearly peanut butter-like finish. T- taste, like with peanut butter-like well, cause taste almond. and coffee finish. Because it's almond, though. It's Yeah. So that, it's, it's I get it. It's an almond flavor. I get I get that peanut butter that you're, you're, you're describing. Oh, because it's the almond. Yeah. I, the almond, like I said, I gave him some shit. Have you, ever, like, have you ever bought almond butter? Yeah, I've had almond butter. A yeah, times. yeah. But like I was like I, I was comparing them. I was saying like, look, motherfuckers, this peanut, <laughs> this peanut butter right here, this peanut butter was the shit. So you know you're saying a peanut butter like. <laughs> I get you. What's weird though? What's crazy is though. Three nations. They're so homebrewy. They're literally saying. See, nobody else would say it has a peanut butter like taste. So that means. That means they they took the effort to taste their beer and then yeah. and then make the label. They were all like, so like, okay, let's talk about what this beer tastes like before they we sell it. They kind of did what we were doing before they put their sticker on. They were like, exactly. It's got like a peanut buttery thing. Exactly. Where uh, most breweries will like, this is what we made. You know, they they they're, they're very secretive about their ingredients right. type stuff. They these people straight up, we put extract in it, dude. I I literally talked to somebody. So I I'm, I've been having very uh, and this is an eight point three, eight point three percent. So I I've, I've been having uh self reflecting. I've been having a lot of self reflecting on my stout that I'm brewing right now about what I did wrong or right, you know, uh, in the potential of what what when, when it's finally available to taste, and uh, and I found out that like a lot of breweries lie. A lot of breweries lie. So uh, the first and the first person that finally admitted to me was they. So someone there was a, someone that posted a picture of an Oreo stout. They brewed an Oreo stout. It was like a bre- like a yeah, brewery like, or whatever. It's like chocolate and cream. That's an Oreo. But the picture they posted showed that they dumped literal Oreo cookies. Oreo cookies into the mash. And because I am now familiar with brewing, I know that. That doesn't make sense really to me because yeast scrubs out most flavor during the early days of fermentation. So I commented, I said, hey, how much of this even made it into the beer? And I commented that. And they the first this is the first time somebody's ever responded honestly. Mm-hmm. They straight up said, Oh, I put those Oreos I put those Oreos in for the picture. Not for the flavor, for the picture. For the picture, because yeast during early fermentation scrubs most flavor out. And a lot of these sugary flavors so, you think of are scrubbed out. So that so, was like, like like he took the picture with a vat full of Oreos just to make it look like. Look I mean, at me, I got a vat full I, of beer and Oreos. I mean, he 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 he, pr- he pretty much he put the Oreos in there. Yeah. But he put it. He did it for the picture. Yeah, the picture. He he knew that the, that the it was flavor all get scrubbed out. Exactly. So you know what he did? He went and found like a fucking Starbucks cookies and cream flavor and just dumped that right pre bottling, and that's where most breweries. That's what most breweries do, but they try to hide that because it's actually frowned upon to add oils and flavoring to your beer. But it's literally a common and in fact almost necessary practice. To do to get the flavors that we're tasting today. Yeah, I'm looking at you, beer guys. So, <laughs> uh, any any time that there's a sugary flavor that isn't natural, uh, so basically, so, so there's some beers where you taste peanut butter, you taste chocolate, and it doesn't taste like actual chocolate or actual peanut butter. It tastes like 
all this things like raw chocolate, yeah. raw peanut butter, like showing just straight up blended peanuts. Yeah, you know that those type of beers they literally put the ingredient in it for most likely. But whenever it's like kind of sweet and stuff, and that, that it's most likely extracts and oils and like some sort of secret method. Which is nothing like super wrong with that, but at the same nothing time, nothing super super like, wrong. It just, it just it makes certain there's certain beer people that turn it off. Anyways, let's keep let's think, let's talk about this golden stout a little bit more. I just wanted to jump into the uh... oh the peanut butter, sorry. but it's almond butter. Almond butter is so close it's to like, peanut butter though. They're I, like I like the color. I like how easy it goes down. It, I like the almond buttery peanut buttery. It tastes stouty, right? Yeah, it tastes like a stout too. Like like this guy right here was almost. I'm just gonna be honest, like a nightmare. To halfway get through it, especially <laughs> when it warmed up. Like, when it warmed up in the cup, that was when it was just like, uh, you just got to toss the whole thing back and get rid of it. Here's my thing, though. So, like, I've seen people brew, like, tomato-y beers. Uh-huh. And, and, and then you said that there have been, uh, there's a, uh, the, the Martin House. They did yeah. a very famous pickle beer. Yes. We need to do one that's both. That's that's my two. Wait, that's wait, my favorite. Wait, wait, do, wait, uh, both what? Both pickle and tomato. A tomato pickle beer. That is look look. That's just me. I'm a weirdo. Fucking, what is that though? That, that's isn't, one of my, isn't that like a isn't that a drink? Yeah, it's one of my favorite flavor combinations ever. Is what drink is that? Pickle. Well, well, okay. Look, here's me. Isn't that fucking? Uh... Whenever you make a bloody mary. Bloody mary. It's a bloody mary. When you make a bloody mary or a chilada. Most people use lime and lemon. I prefer me some pickle up in there. I, I I love tomato beer, and I love just taking a, two shots of pickle juice and pouring it in that tomato beer. Are you saying you want me to brew with tomato? I'm saying, tomato I'm saying, juice. no, no, I'm saying we need to get together and we brew need... with tomatoes and pickle. Holy shit! A tomato and pickle fucking beer. How crazy would that be? Could you imagine? It would. It would literally taste like. Drinking alcoholic tomato sauce, most like a likely. Bloody Mary, like a like a chilada, like be, you know. I've had a horrible one though, and you you probably would have liked it. You probably now that you're saying the words you're saying, like I had a beer that tasted like a straight fucking enchilada, and I thought it was horrible. That's a little too much, right there. It okay. Like enchilada. No, it tasted like a fucking enchilada. Is, like, look, like here, here's here's my here's okay. my reasoning. You might be with me on this, okay? Go to the store, buy a jar of pickles, the little ones, okay? Eat all the pickles out of it. Take a tomato, okay? Take, <laughs> take two tomatoes. Slice those motherfuckers up into little wedges. Drop them in that pickle jar. Take the other tomato, squeeze that motherfucker into that pickle jar. Close it, set it in your fridge for a week. Open up that jar and eat those tomatoes and tell me if it's not one of the most delicious things you've ever had in your life. And if not... Whatever, it's on me. But if you do and you like it, that's what I'm telling you, man. Tomato and pickle is just a beautiful combination. I guess. We're going to have to do it one day, we're, Adam. We're, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it. Pretty soon. And you know what? If we do do it and people like I it. I mean, I have a... Uh, I was right. I have a honey biscuit uh, beer coming up next, but maybe after that. We yeah, after the it. honey biscuit, let's after do it. After the honey biscuit, we can do a fucking tomato and pickle beer. That'd yeah, be insane. It's got it's to have the, the right blend of four ingredients, oh, yeah. in my opinion. It's got to have the right blend of pickle, tomato, lemon, lime, and salt. Now, I wonder if pickle 
gets scrubbed out. I wonder how they keep pickle in the in, in the flavor. I, I don't feel like pickle would scrub out though. It's not it's not sweet. It's that right. doesn't have it's sugar strong. in it. So I, I wonder if you could like just straight up put pickle juice into the mash or boil. Boil the pickle juice into the beer. If that would work out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So today's topic is it's our it's our one serious topic of the day, so we're gonna just chat about random stuff, chat about life and whatnot. This is a pretty straightforward episode of uh, opinions and beer for the twelve pots of Christmas. We always do one of these. Uh, uh, Ed Ray, Tyler, have you ever have you ever suffered from social anxiety? All the time. All the time. All the time. I'll be honest with you, Tyler. Speaking speaking strictly to Tyler, I uh. I was ready and r- ready to go see you do stand-up the other day. Thank you. Yeah, I, I and, did it, too. And you, you know what stopped me from going? What's that? Ed Ray saying he was busy. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be a weird thing to say. It's, weird, it's, weird, it's a weird thing to say. I have I I I I strangely have crippling anxiety where like things like uh like I I feel like I need somebody to walk in the door with me type of thing I don't know what that is I don't know what I'm trying to say hey, no it is a I'm form trying to be of, honest though that's I'm anxiety not, right that's a form of anxiety right there. I, I, let me tell you about me like when it comes to getting up on stage and doing stand up comedy I can do it no problem it's easy it's one of the easiest things in the world for me to get up on stage with a drink in my hand a cigarette in my hand. Grab the microphone, just start telling jokes. However, introduce me to a friend of yours, family gatherings, going shopping. I'm a wreck the oh, entire shit. time. I hate it. Dude. I hate it so much. <laughs> I feel that. Anytime, I, anytime I'm coming to do like the wrestling shows and stuff, and y'all are like, "Oh yeah, this guy's gonna be there." You haven't met him yet, but like y'all, be, like I'm always like super anxiety ridden. I'm always just like, "Oh, there's gonna be another fucking person there." I'm always like rubbing my temples and shit. I always gotta get myself ready for this yeah. stuff because, yeah, like I stuff like I went undiagnosed for years, and then uh, just recently, Gulf Coast Medical Facility over there in uh, like Port Arthur or whatever. I, uh, this, we had a CPS scare, and we I had to go to therapy. But um, I'm probably, like, I've come to realize by talking to the therapist, I'm probably undiagnosed, like, depressed, fucking bipolar, uh, borderline personality disorder, yeah. schizophrenia from my mom's side. Uh, the, Jesus like, Christ. I, there's a whole bunch of mental disorders that yeah. run in my side, of the, both of my sides of the family. And so talking to this therapist, she was like, yeah, you're probably just, like, undiagnosed with a bunch of these things. And I was like, okay, what do I do about that? And she was like, well, you can go get diagnosed. That's one. And I was like, ah, I got to go. I got to go into a room with somebody and talk to them. And uh, No, no, no. But then you hand me a microphone and put 500 people in front of me. Or, or like, at the Log On Cafe in Beaumont. Hey, shout out to the Log On Cafe. They had, like, 100 people in there that night. Yeah. And, like, you put a microphone in front of me in front of 100 people, I'm going to go off. I'm going to start doing my jokes. I'm going to start telling my thing. Interesting enough, Logon actually offered uh, Hawk Finnegan when he was when he was still one of our first – he was our first co-host. Uh, Hawk Finnegan, uh, they told him that we could do a live show there. I thought, that, I thought that was an interesting idea. Well, the next time I'm there, I'll talk to the lady because I give her a shout-out every time I do stand-up. I tell her how good she makes drinks. I thought it would be interesting to do, like, a live Opinions and Beer episode. Uh, and have like a have like a more interesting set than I, I want to change this set to where it's like literally our pictures of our we have like art made for us 
I want to change it to where like there's art all around us and shit like that instead of just like a melting clock and the beer fucking table, the beer, the beer, the beer blanket. But uh, but yeah, I I was just shocked because I I was literally dude, I was literally ready to go to your show and then like my wife was like, oh, can you rock the baby to sleep? And I was like, I'm rocking the baby to sleep. I message, you know, uh, I I messaged Ed Ray. And I was like, hey, are you uh, you want to go to the uh, the Tyler's uh, comedy, uh, he's doing stand-up tonight at the, you know, he's doing stand-up, and he was straight up like, uh, oh, I'm busy, I uploaded a video about stuff, <laughs> and, and I was just like, I was like, oh, shit, well, I'm ready to go, I've been talking about it all day about going, and now it's time to go, and now I have no one to, like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what that kind of anxiety is, or what the type of like specific, that, that's really, specific anxiety. It's it, it, straight up like social anxiety. Like I got, like if I hear my buddy say, "Hey, meet me at a place. Me and my friends are gonna be there." There's like this giant gap of time where I'm sitting there going, "Like, ah, should I even show up?" He said he's gonna have a bunch of people there. Yeah, I don't know any of these people. What if I say something wrong? I'm kind of a dick sometimes. Am Which I, is weird, right? Is it weird because like you know when I'm like socking at stores. I'll be at work, stocking the stores, and I'm so fucking, like, talkative. What I think that is is the same with me working at McDonald's and stuff like that. I think it's because you have something to occupy your time. You're like you're like putting stuff up there. You're doing your thing, and then a guy comes by and is all like, "Hey, blah blah blah." Then you turn to him and you're like, "Oh, hey, blah blah." Then you keep doing your thing. However, whenever it's like a social event, like, "Oh, we're all just gonna sit around and talk and drink." You start thinking about shit like, well, who are these people? Yeah. They're, they're, they're not my friend. They're my buddy's friends. And what if I get in there and they don't like me and then my buddy's all like, hey, dude, my friends don't like you. Or it, it, like, there's like a, there's like a million things in one that go into that yeah. kind of social anxiety. Just what, just like you're saying, just walking into the log on cafe by myself. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I, I literally feel because like I a, need. Because it's a bar scenario, like you walk in there, as soon as you open the door, like five people go like. Yeah, exactly. And then you're sitting there like, oh, oh, was I, was I not supposed to, what's up? But now I've learned, like, like I've just come to kind of, you know, like, when I have, like, people with me, it's just the grips of, like, you know, me and Mark walk in. I'm like, hey, Mark, we're going to go get a drink. Mark's like, yeah. we go Exactly. You have someone, when you walk in somewhere with somebody, you immediately have somebody that you can focus your attention to. Where when you walk in somewhere by yourself, you have to focus on, and then you don't have to, but with someone with, you know, severe social anxiety or something, you, you walk in somewhere and you say, Oh my God! There's people at every table. They might be looking at me. Oh my God! What do I do? Who do I talk to? What do I say? What? Do I, how do I feel? Shout, shout Where's the bathroom? I don't want to walk. I don't want to get up yeah. and walk to the fucking bathroom. <laughs> I don't even know how to order a drink properly. I'm like, oh, uh, exactly. Do you, do you have anything that's strong? And she's sitting there like. What do you mean by strong? And you're like, uh, you know, like something with more alcohol than other liquids. And then she's like, I'll make you a Long Island iced tea, honey. You stand right there. And then you're just sitting there like, okay, I'll stand right here. And then some guy walks up and stands like this close to you. And you're, exactly. and, and you're like, uh, she told me she was making my drink. Yeah, uh, she told me she was making my drink. I've been sitting here for 20 minutes. Yeah. I came back from the bathroom. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I'm just and waiting like, for my drink. I want to still sit in the goddamn corner and cry and get drunk. But then, like, <laughs> vice versa of that, like, I was nervous the entire night. I was sitting there pacing around, like, hey, you want to play pool? You want to do something? But then the moment they were like, okay, we got this next guy coming up to do stand-up. His name's Tyler Phillips. So I can grab my drink, grab my smoke, ran up there, grabbed the microphone, started going at it. Just started telling yeah. everybody everything. 
I have I have weird social anxiety like that. Like I could uh, I can do wrestling shows with you guys and post the footage to the internet. I don't give a fuck what anybody says or anything. And I can I can, no yeah. I can what, do, what's up I, with that? I can do stand-up comedy in front of 100 people and then post that to the internet. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. But then, like, my buddy Mark invited me to come to a, a Christmas party. Yeah. And, you know, me, I got the best excuse. I'm like, oh, well, Christmas, me, my wife, my kid. But at the same time, I was like, I'd love to go to a Christmas party, but I don't fucking know anybody. Yeah, I know. Like, what am I going to say? You know yeah, what I mean? Who, am I, who are these people? And, and that, like, that that's that's something that I struggle with a lot. Like, whenever I'm at work, I'm always, like, super quiet. And that's another thing that people out there need to fucking realize. When somebody's super quiet, that doesn't just mean, like, oh, he's, like, a meek individual. Like, most of the time, I'm staying super quiet for your benefit. Because I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> like I, I, I've contemplated suicide so many times in life that nothing ever fucking gets to me like that. So I'm yeah. an asshole. So like, yeah, I'll be standing there working, be making burgers or something, and somebody walk up and be like, "Huh, man, you don't talk that much." And I'm like, "No, I don't talk to you that much." <laughs> you know, it's that's so weird. It's so weird how that happens because I feel like, you know, in a work setting. Where I'm like forced, you know, when I'm when I'm forced to uh, cooperate with other people, I feel like I'm kind of the guy that uh, I force awkward people to chat with, and so then at, there comes a point where all these weird, awkward fucking people that want to fuck me, <laughs> that want to fuck me, or are they they do weird shit like masturbate in their car all day, like. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, yeah, our shit in their fucking shirt is like they want to come and talk to me because I've, because I, because I, I've just like I guess I've just like, I'm very, I'm very chattative and I'm easy to talk to. But at the same time, though, I'm easy to hate. I've noticed I'm easy to hate, easy to talk to. So it depends depends on you know what level of uh, socialness you want to yeah, be. Yeah, and that is, but at the same time, like. That goes back to like when we were younger, like guys like uh, Jared, Eric, Jared and Eric Flitcraft and like Chad, like, like I had no idea like why the fuck they just didn't like you so much. And they didn't like me. No, no, no. Like, you know, swear to God, yeah. like Chad, Chad acts like he fucking hates you most of the time. Anytime I bring, anytime I bring you up in a conversation, yeah. there's like this eye roll, and he's like, "Oh, Adam." Oh my God. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, "What do you mean, oh Adam?" Like the guy, the guy let us hang out at his place. He was a pretty cool guy. What are you talking about? But then, like, Jared and Eric Flitcraft, like, their whole thing was was the sadistic wrestling thing. Yeah. Like, Jared and Eric Flitcraft were like, oh, like, I, I want to try to win a match, but Adam wants me to lose, or Eric Flitcraft. <laughs> yeah, like, just all sorts of shit like that. And I'm just like, you know, like, I, I understand what you mean whenever you think about yourself, like, oh, I'm a very unlikable person, because me, uh, personally, I love hearing all, like, my wife will come home and be like, yeah, I ran into this fucking person today. And the story's always the same thing. She'll always be like, yeah, I ran into this person today at Walmart. And I'll be like, what happened? She'll be like, oh, they had to ask me like what my name was and stuff. And I'll be like, oh, they were flirting with you. And she's like, no, they asked me who I was married to. And I told them your name, Tyler Phillips. And they're like, whoa, that guy. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to get a lot of that, baby. You're going to get a lot of that. <laughs> because I'm a, oh, that guy. I'm a fucking asshole and I have no shame about it. There ain't no shame in this game. Yeah. Like, I am who I am. And I found out in life at a very early age that a lot of people are very fake about who they are. And that's just not me. And I ain't going to put... I, I don't deal with it. I don't put up with it. I don't humor it. I just can't do it. I can't deal with it. It's a very interesting scenario because 
I feel like I come off as like it's weird when you come off as like I don't give a fuck what nobody thinks. But the then you, you, but then you walk, with... but then I walk in. I'm like, I care what people well, think. Like yeah, like the thing with you is like like like, like the glasses, the jacket, the hair. Like everybody, everybody gets this idea of like a character. There we go. And then they don't know how to deal with that whenever they get the real person. I guess so. Yeah, everybody's expecting you to be fucking, you know, psycho or, you know, you know what I mean? Psycho. And then I'm just a regular fucking nerd. Yeah, they, they expect you to be Psycho 180 <laughs> all the time, and they don't realize that, like, Psycho 180 is a channel that hasn't even, like, been a thing for a while. So, like, they watch our stuff, and they're all like, oh, you guys are a bunch of, like, backyard wrestling nerds. And it's like, yeah, we are, but there's also a lot more to it than that. I mean, for a minute, I was wearing a goddamn wig. <laughs> I was wearing a fucking wig. We just, we just, we just ditched the wig recently uh, for the fourth season of uh, Ed Ray. You've been quiet for uh, most of this episode. What are your thoughts on this beer? But also, uh, on 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 other notes, uh, do you suffer from any social anxiety? And what are some uh, social issues that you find that you've uh, that you tried to avoid? Well, let's see. The beer itself. Had a very sweet aftertaste, so it was a pretty good beer. I'm not going to deny that. I might as well give that beer a 7 out of 10. Okay. And as for social anxiety, I just try to avoid as many people as possible. This is probably the reason why I'm 35 years old, single, have no children compared to the both of you, because I don't like to talk to people in general. I'm a, I'm a very hateful old man. You're a hateful old man? How old are you? I said 35. 30 goddamn 5. You're only, you're only like six years older than me. You're only five years older than me, buddy. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people say that I'm far ahead of everybody else, but I'm far behind everybody else because everybody else has children and they're married. <laughs> oh my god! So it's my own damn fault. Well, you know, you know. Funny enough, like my brother, my brother, and all my friends, you know, they all know who you are. It's kind of funny because, like, I'll, I'll just get random texts from my bro- my big brother. He'll be driving through town. He'll be like, "Hey." Saw Super Danger walking down the street. I oh, was like, shit. I was like, yeah, damn, yeah, yeah, I know you probably did see him, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, he just walked so like, down the street. At least yeah. you got that going on. Yeah, do you walk down the street a lot? Well, yeah, seven days a week because I walk to and from work because I want to get myself in shape for wrestling. Are you noticed? Does anybody give you rides uh, home? Some people do. Yeah. Even though I don't know them, but some people do. Hey, 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 hey. there's nothing wrong with taking a ride that. home from a stranger. Have you, have you ever been have you ever been assaulted walking home? Um, in this town, fuck yeah. Oh really? I've been assaulted many times. Many times? Many times in this town. You know what? I can. Like I, I said, I'm an asshole, so I call I'll call I'll call people out on their shit. I'll tell people, hey, I think that's fucking dumb. I think your opinion's fucking wrong. All sort. I'll I'll do that. I don't fucking care. Like yeah. my dad. My dad taught me to be like that. My dad was like, "You know what this world doesn't need an abundance of?" And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Meek little uh meek little assholes who let people walk all over them. That's what yeah. the world doesn't need an abundance of." So like with that in mind, like, yeah, I would tell people in school like, "Yeah, I think that shit's dumb." I used to get jumped and attacked all the time. Like, this is nothing new for me. Do you get mad at things later? Like at the time something didn't really make you mad, but then like Hours pass, oh, days yeah. pass, and then you're like, wait one second. I can hold a grudge like nobody else. <laughs> wait one second. I'm actually pretty pissed off that this event occurred. I still think about whenever my mother threw an ashtray at me Jesus when I was 11 Christ. years old. When I was 11 years old, 11 my, my years parents old. divorced and I decided to go move in with my dad. I was 12. No, 12. 
I just had to go move with my dad. My mother threw a glass ashtray at me. Like, she put her hand on it like this on the table, and then she slung it, and it, like, flew right by my head. And, like, from then on out, it's always just been like that. Like, I, I, I'm used to that shit. Like, yeah. one of my favorite things, this is just me, one of my favorite things is when people walk up to me and say, can you believe? Can Fo- you believe? Followed by anything. Like, my roommate, Edith, she'll come up to me and she'll be like, can you believe that this guy was raped and murdered in this other country? Or can you believe that this woman had her kids taken? I'm like, yeah, I can totally believe it. <laughs> I can totally believe it. Well, you tell me some guy got chopped up, blown up, eaten, and then raped while after he was corpse was like grinding into powder? Yeah, I can totally believe it. Yeah. It's, it's totally plausible. <laughs> I've seen the depravity that humans will go to. So it's, it's yeah, no, no, yeah. Nothing shocks me anymore. <laughs> yes, that's how I feel. Another thing is, is I read into shit too much. Like, um, that's how I feel. Everybody knows about all like the brutal shit that goes on in Africa. Have anybody out there ever heard of Burma? Alabama? It, it, no, Burma over there near Vietnam. Back Vietnam? where like where they throw fucking landmines in the water and make people run across the water. Who the main run? The fucking the the the, the, the Viet Cong? Like, like 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 okay like the the militaristic fucking oligarchy assholes over there the little fucking uh, what do you call them I, I, little rebel factions Viet Cong little ass like well Viet Cong was a particular faction. oh okay but like all the little fucking guerrilla armies over there okay. they'll just round up civilians and fucking torture them and murder and because it doesn't show up in the fucking New York Times or the fucking Washington Post everybody fucking thinks like oh I know everything that's fucking going on in the world but no just because it doesn't show up in the New York Times or your stupid fucking Washington Post doesn't mean it's not happening which all those which all those uh all those news organizations are funded by the exact uh Corporations and people that are oppressing the people. <laughs> wow! I mean, literally, like. Now they finally, they they finally just fired. Uh, who's they? Who they just fired? Who see? Who did CNN just fire? Uh, I want to say Chris Cuomo. Yeah, Chris Cuomo, because he was because def- he was literally hiding news and not reporting on things that like because it directly in uh, uh, indirect. It directly affected his his brother's political affiliations and ideas and whatnot, and so uh, he was just fired, just fired. Those are all the man CNN and SNBC, like all those news channels. They need to be taken down and replaced MS, with something a little bit MSNBC. more reliable. You, you know MSNBC. You know what the MS stands for? What's that? Microsoft. Microsoft. Did you know that? Microsoft. NBC. Did you know that? Right. Microsoft National Broadcasting Company. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's fucking yes. depressing. That's why. That that, that's why they all, because because fucking Bill Gates donates so much money to their charities and to their fucking like donations and shit like that. That like they, <laughs> he has a fucking microscope, microscope. That's why Bill Gates gets Microsoft praised. Fucking... That's why Bill Gates gets praised in the media every ten fucking, every ten minutes because he pays for the fucking shit. You know who the greatest American journalist is right now? Who's that? Russell Brand, who's I... fucking English. Yeah, he's <laughs> no like foreign people come to this country and then they point out shit that's wrong with it that's been wrong with it for years yeah. and then fucking normal citizens are like what the fuck are they talking about <laughs> Russell Brand is more reliable than that nut job Alex Jones which is crazy because uh, which even Russell Brand pointed out himself that he said that in his early days that like 
that a lot of people you know would criticize him and he felt he he did he did, he has acknowledged that uh his early days in uh in the public eye might be rightfully scrutinized whether he was being a little bit too much too much maybe he wasn't able he had the right ideas but maybe not well like there's, a, there's this he whole thing that pro- i've come to realize yeah. when it comes to comedians yeah like history of the world part one anybody seen that i've not you ever seen that alley that's an old mel brooks film oh okay okay there's a part in that movie when they get to the era of greek living you know because like i said it's history of the world yeah they start from caveman and then they move forward how, how how long is that movie? It's only well, well, they only get to like the Greek era because oh, the God. joke it the joke is that there's supposed to be a history of the world part two. Oh. You know I mean? so it's supposed to keep going. But like in one part of that movie, there's a scene where uh, Comicus, who is a Greek stand-up comic played by Mel Brooks, uh, Comicus goes to an unemployment line where if you're unemployed, you get handed out money. You know what I mean? <laughs> he goes to an unemployment line. And uh, when he gets to his turn, you know, like, like right before him, like, so that they give a good example, right before him as a gladiator, you know, so the guy like knocks on the thing, the woman opens it and she's like, what's your occupation? And the guy's like, gladiator. And she's like, have you killed this week? And he's like, no. She's like, have you tried to kill this week? <laughs> and he's like, yes. And then she's like, all right. And she pulls out a bag of money, you know, a little bag of like coins. And she's like, here you go, but you're going to have to kill somebody. Otherwise, you're not going to get another payment. And he's like, okay. And he walks off with his money. Well, then Mel Brooks' turn comes up. She says, occupation. He says, stand up philosopher. She says, a what? (laughs) He says, a stand up philosopher. I coalesce the vapors of human existence into a viable and edible substance. And then she says, oh, a bullshit artist. (laughs) And then he says, yes. And then she says, did you bullshit this week? And he says, no. And she says, did you try to bullshit this week? And he says, yes. And then she she goes to give him the money, but then he gets interrupted. My whole thing is, we were talking about like the NBC and all those people like, yeah, bullshit artists. And that's why I love guys like Russell Brand because Russell Brand is a stand-up philosopher. He coalesces the vapors of human existence into a viable and edible substance. Yes. You got fucking Alex Jones up there talking about mole people. (laughs) You got Glenn Beck acting like the fucking liberal left is going to destroy this country. And then you got the other people acting like the Republicans got any good ideas. We get fucking spoon-fed trash, and then we accept it on a daily basis, which is why I don't mind coming and giving my opinions on this. Holy shit. I'm a big fan of Russell Brand. Yeah, Russell Brand's great. He's Russell great. Brand, his stand-up's <laughs> great. His fucking, his journalism is great. I think, I think it's ironically funny, though, to say that he, Russell Brand is the greatest American <laughs> journalist. Like, yeah. Russell Brand is the greatest American journalist and Ricky Gervais is, yeah. uh, Ricky Gervais and uh, Jim Jeffries are the greatest American comedians, even though yeah. one of them's Britain one of them's Australian. They both which, moved here. Just... Which, uh... I, I, I don't know where to put Joe Rogan. I love Joe Rogan. No, I love Joe Rogan. I love listening to him, but at the same time, they're, like... He, he he listens to everybody, which he, is a good thing. And a the bad thing, thing with Joe Rogan is that he personally isn't that bright. Well, it's, like, just, a, it's just that he he gets enough. Information. My buddy Mark would call him a pseudo intellectual, but okay. what I think of as Joe Rogan is is he's like he's he's like any of us. He's sitting here, in my opinion. But like, if you don't know about something, 
don't talk about it. Yeah. And if you don't know about something, ask somebody who does. Yeah. Joe Rogan tends to do that a lot. Yeah. The only problem with Joe, in my opinion, is like, since everybody in the world has their biases and their opinions, he's constantly like, oh yeah, people should just do DMT. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not everybody should just do DMT. I've met some people in life who, if they were to, no, I would never want to see my uncle on DMT. Do you want to see Ed Ray on DMT? Yeah, I want to see DMT, big guy. Okay, Ed Ray, next episode, we're going to buy some DMT and... Incriminating <laughs> evidence. We're gonna go try to find some DMT. <laughs> find some DMT and get you on it. Edward, what's your thoughts on uh, today's episode? Social anxiety and uh, DMT and Joe Rogan and Russell Brand and all these uh, in media, media goblets. Well, I already talked about the beer and yeah, social anxiety. I'm just so awkward with people. I don't want to talk with them. That's probably why I'm gonna be single for the rest of my life compared to the both of you. And I really gotta work on that as I get older. Yeah. As far as uh, Russell Brand and these other people, Russell Brand is very good. Uh, I'm not a fan of his comedy, but as far as his journalism is concerned, he's oh, very yeah. good. No, I'm surprised. I'm su- I, I am shockingly surprised by his journalism recently. And uh, as far as uh, all these other people like Alex Jones or Glenn Beck or whatever. They don't even have to call them people. They're like half humans at best. <laughs> They need to get off the air. They're CIA suckers. That, that, so, so that's a, that 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 is a weird thing to bring up, though. So, like, what what line is drawn? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what you can you consider yourself, but I'm you. You probably won't be shocked that I could that I personally consider myself a conservative type person. I'm a centrist. A centrist. I've heard many people in life say that centrists are cowards. <laughs> that was a that, that was a thumbs up for you uh uh only audio listeners. Yeah, it was a big thumbs up for all of you audio listeners out there. I'm giving thumbs up to all the people who say that centrists are cowards. Well yeah. You know, the right's got a couple of good ideas, the left's got a couple of good ideas, but you know. Thumbs up thumbs, <laughs> thumbs up to up. all of you. Thumbs up. <laughs> what do you uh a centralist what is, what does a centralist mean? A centrist Okay, so here in America, we don't really have a right or a left. Yeah. That's, you can argue it all you want. We really don't have a right or a left. Our left is pretty right, and our right is pretty right. A centrist is somebody who exists within the middle of left and right fucking politics. So, like, one, do I, like, like basically it involves down to, it's, it's like a split right down the middle. I agree with some Democratic politics, while I disagree with others, and I agree with some conservative Republican politics, while I disagree with others, and I think the number one thing about all centrists is, is like we kind of exist on the same realm as like certain Asian people. We just want shit to get done. We just want shit to get done and it be done right, you know, so that fucking people can live their lives in prosperity. And um, both sides have arguments to why that that can't happen. Uh, a lot of centrists tend to either revert to becoming socialists or other things. Yeah. Me, I'm, I'll admit, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a centrist. I had a big fallout with the fucking libertarian... We, I don't even know this, but we had the president of the libertarian party on the podcast. Did you know that? No. Well, recently, I've fallen into a deep uh, argument, 
an anti the fucking president of the libertarian party which is technically the middle party that's the problem with the two party class is that the middle party is libertarian but the president the president of the of the middle party is uh is is grossly uh he's fucking a car salesman let's just say that see like i vote third party yeah okay whenever you, when, you know who i voted for last election well what third party though howie hawkins who the fuck is Howie Hawkins? Howie Hawkins was an ex-United uh, ex States Navy SEAL. Okay. Okay. Howie Hawkins wanted to legalize marijuana across the board. Okay. Completely completely get rid of the whole, oh, states can decide that it's illegal and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. It's legal was what he was deciding. Holy that, was, that, was, that was one of his platforms he stood on was that it should just be legal and all states should have to deal with it the same way they deal with alcohol and cigarettes. Okay. Another thing Howie Hawkins was was hard on is the fact that um, did you know that in a lot of other countries out there, you know, considering that we live in the best one in the world, right? <laughs> uh, did you know that in a lot of other countries out there, you can go to college for free, and that when uh, whenever you get sick and you need to go to the hospital, you don't have to pay a thousand dollars for a stupid fucking ambulance ride. What does college pay for? Wait, wait, what? Well, why, why, why do people pay for college? Why do people pay for college? But it's for the... <laughs> why do people pay for college? People pay for college because colleges are apparently private fucking institutes that need a million fucking dollars a yeah, year to run. To pay their democratic uh, teachers. You know, they gotta pay their tenure and shit. The, the whole thing is is that, like... It's, a, my, it's, like, in, it's country, a, in countries that have social health care and social education... There is a higher ratio of people who succeed in life. But, and in play, okay, like look at Switzerland. Yeah. Do you know, I, I don't know if my math's correct. You can correct me if you want to, people at home. Ooh. But like the reform ratio of people who go to prison in countries like Switzerland, Finland, you know, those places, the reform ratio yeah. is like 70-something percent. What's the reform, though? The reform yeah. means that people who go to prison don't go back. Well, so like 70% of the people who go to prison in Finland uh, never go back. Uh, As a matter of fact, in America, only like 10 fucking percent of the people who go to prison never go back because once they get into prison, they're indoctrinated as criminals and they learn from other criminals how to do shit. What's it called when your uh, family tells you, tells you you're an alcoholic? Intervention. So a lot of these countries, did you know? I'm going to pull this out because I've learned about this recently. Did you know that a lot of countries have forced interventions? Yeah. A lot of these countries that uh, that are succeeding in their uh, personal laws have forced intervention. Hey. Well, no, 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 no. It's a good idea. It's a really good idea does that for certain does, cases. Does especially. that work in America, though? When when the whole idea is like, oh, this freedom of like being able to do what you want to do and ruin your life and shit like that. Yeah, okay. But at we, the we, same we, time, we look at if a country, you're going to ruin your life, I shouldn't have to fucking work for you. No, yes. That's why, that's why the line of a centrist exists is because, like, in my opinion, if you decide to fuck your own life up, that shouldn't weigh on me. But at the same time, I also agree that, yes, like, the prison reform system yeah. needs to change, and that does yeah. come from taxpayers' dollars, and we need to start eliminating the idea of privatized so, fucking military-industrial complex. Did you know a lot of countries that have legalized uh, all, like, most of, or even, or even all drugs have a, uh, say it? 
where people or your family intervention. Yeah. They have intervention policy where the government intervenes. Well, I mean, the government intervenes on your addiction and forces you into a like uh, a, like a halfway house or a rehab facility. Most likely. Wow, that's kind of funny because like you know, whenever you go to prison in Switzerland, you have to go to school. Oh, really? You have to go to college. Oh, shit. You've got to learn shit. You've got to better yourself as a person. You don't just get to sit around all day and talking about how easy it is to molest kids or how easy it is to fucking sell drugs like we do in our prison. We lock up all the drug dealers with all the drug dealers. No. We lock up all the child molesters with all the child molesters. Our... And we lock up all the murderers with the murderers so they can sit around and talk about how easy it is to no. do all this shit like a bunch our... of fucking animals. Our prisons uh, teach people how to smoke coffee. To get high. I mean, like, I wish I was high. We have no literally, reform rate. There is literally. no reform rate in this fucking country. Uh, go back to one of our previous episodes. I, whichever one Timmy was on, he 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 recently went to a uh, a medical facility hospital, and he came back only learning how to smoke coffee to get high. So that's a American reform. Edry, final thoughts and opinions. What am I talking about? About uh, uh, life reform, the episode, the drugs, the life, the reform, the uh, living life. <laughs> uh, reform, you know. I have to say, if we would go back to the old policies where prisoners actually get punished for their crimes by sending them out to the fields from sunrise to sunset, that way they go back to their cells tired, they won't have to do fighting or raping each other, etc., etc., because they're working so hard, they want it, they're begging just to get back into regular society, but they really got to understand what their crimes mean and how it affects others before you send them out to the field and punish them for as many years as they get right, on their we sentence. Need more education within the reform system. There, there it is. Do you think the reform system is broken or the education in reform system is broken? Both. Holy as long shit. as we have privatized reformation where one guy can buy a bunch of land and then lock a bunch of people on it so that he can make money, we're going to have these problems. We're going to have people who get out and decide, I'm just going to fucking sell crack again because fuck all you people. We're going to have people that come out like my own uncle who said, I'm just going to fucking deal meth again because fuck you people. Okay, The moment we start treating prisoners like fucking people... And reforming them so that they can do better in life. Shit's gonna get better. But you keep locking people away like animals. With more people who are just like them. Shit's only gonna get worse. Man, that was deep. What, what's your rating on this beer? The Golden Ale. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this just like the last one. I'm gonna give this a 9. Holy shit. I Two 9s like in a row. I like your beer. I'm gonna give it the old text. Two 9s in a row. Look at him chugging that beer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He got some beer. That came from Ryder. <laughs> was it good? That was a good beer. Good beer. He had a solid nine. Ed Ray, what's your rating on this beer? You said a seven or eight? <laughs> Might as well give it an eight. An eight? Good God. I'm going to give it a solid eight. <laughs> I wonder if it defers from my review on the live eight, advice. Eight, 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 nine. He loved this fucking beer. I like. I like. I mean, it's a good beer. I mean, it's a, it's a really good beer. It comes on a four pack, though. Yeah, that's the only problem. You need to put six packs. Yeah, it comes on a four pack and fucking twelve dollars or whatever it fucking is. Good God Almighty. Well, remember, throw all your hate comments Anyways. towards me. Oh my. So we talked a lot about some serious topics today in the twelve pods of Christmas. I know it most. 
We do we do one episode. We do we. One serious episode in the 12 Pods Christmas. I mean, you guys did great. I'm probably going to have to listen to a bunch of dickheaded conservatives about how wrong I was. Whatever. <laughs> you, you're fine. Conservatives, they're moving They're moving in the left direction. Because <laughs> conservatives are weird right now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're really fucking weird. Most, they of them, most of them are in fucking walkers and shit. Well, they don't know. They, oh, my God. Look, conservatives, don't, they, they, they don't know what to do, right? They're like in this weird Trump mode. But then they're also like, yeah, can we stop pretending like that guy's a person? Pro Can we stop pretending like he's a human being? Hey, Dana White loves on Miss Man. Miss can we stop pretending like Dana White's a human being? <laughs> Miss McMahon loves him. Can we stop pretending like Vince McMahon is sane and a human being? God damn it! Enough people love Vince McMahon. I mean, Donald Trump saved wrestling. WrestleMania, WrestleMania, what WrestleMania, WrestleMania was it? 21? 23? No, no, no. Before that. When, whenever he taught Vince McMahon how to, how to, uh, take money before you sell tickets. WrestleMania 3? 4? I don't know. It's one of the fucking early ones. It's one of the scams, you know, one of the that scam. he's famous for. One of the scams, one he paid for. Fucking Donald Trump taught Vince McMahon how to make money in wrestling. How insane. <laughs> Look at his face. It's kind of funny. He taught one guy how to make money when he ruined three of his own fucking companies. <laughs> and your steaks taste like shit. Dude. And, and your yeah. steaks fucking suck, homie. He, he ruined his companies, but he still made money off of them. That's all that matters. That's true. Profit is no, no, all no, that no, matters. No, 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 no. Like... Like, and, like, he taught Vince McMahon how to make money, and then he's had to fucking get rid of three of his own companies. Like, oh, wait, wait, nope, they never existed. Oh, my God. XMW1 and 2. Yeah, your steaks taste like shit. Though. Sold the two. Sold a, I've a, had a Trump steak before. I don't know if you guys have had any Trump steaks. No, no. Trump never. steaks are ass, bro. You've never had a Trump steak. I've had a Trump steak. When? Fucking ordered one online. You can order them offline. They come in frozen packages. That's ninety six fucking dollars for fucking two little steaks and a frozen package. A ribeye is better than a Trump steak. Well, that's that's just your opinion, and, and <laughs> that's fine. Because all we have here are opinions and beer. beer. We have what's your name? Kevin Bivens. Yep, Kevin's here. Today is the fifth stout of Chris. Fist out of Christmas. We've done four. Yeah. Today is the fist out of Christmas. We are doing life advice today. But before we get to all that, the fist out of Christmas opinions brought to me was a golden imperial sound. Mars imperial golden sound. Anyways, this beer is brewed by Three Nations Brewing Company, Devour. Devour. Mars Marzipan Imperial Golden Stout. We haven't we we haven't had too many Golden Stouts on the podcast. In fact, a lot of breweries do not make Golden Stouts. It's one of the rare rarer beers. So I can't wait to try this rare beer with you. Yeah, uh, I was looking at this, and honestly, this thing's packed. Packed. It has so much stuff. In, in fact, it. this is uh, Three Nations Brewing uh, did us a favor, and it's it's one of the only <laughs> it's the only brewer to ever actually. Put all the things that are in their beer. Every other brewer hides their ingredients, but this one actually—they even straight up say they use no, no brewer, no brewery will admit that they put extract in their beer. No brewery ever. They every every brewery does it, but no brewer will, would ever admit this. 
And so it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of honorable that they mentioned that, but it's also kind of like, dang, what are y'all doing and admitting that shit? That's that's like highly classified stuff. Anyway, this is brewed in Carlton, Texas. Our golden stout is brewed with an abundance of oats, honey malt, and lactose milk sugar. Uh, well, yeah, lactose milk sugar to keep the sweetness in. This beer is finished with almond extract and whole coffee beans, creating a cold brew, intense coffee, and almond aromas with a near peanut butter-like taste and coffee finish. Golden Stout. So, it, yeah. is this beer going to be golden, or are they just calling it a golden stout? I mean, before I try it, this this idea, this beer, kind of reminds me of if you're sitting on the weekend and you have no cares in the world and you're just like out in nature on a, maybe a wooden porch maybe instead of grabbing a coffee you grab one of these yeah. it, it just feels like that now whether i'm going to taste that when i yeah. try this beer or not that's what kind of the vibe of reading the beer gets me it's like a chill beer yeah. to kind of sit on the porch and just talk about what are we talking about today Life advice. Life advice. Just, just kind of. Well, Reddit life. No, no, it's Reddit life advice. We go to. Oh, we'll do Reddit. This is a, uh, this is a, uh, a thing, a bit that we do occasionally, where we go to Reddit, we go to life advice, and we give people life advice that they are craving and needing and wanting. Yeah. The attention they want. Like jumping a volcano. We jumped the volcano. (laughs) This beer sits at 8.3 percent in alcohol by volume and has an IBU of 25, which is probably going to taste more bitter than that with the coffee. So, uh, but I guess they're not measuring the coffee. Like some some breweries will measure the coffee in with their bitterness, but others just do the hops. Oh yeah, this is a. It's got a good foam just to show everybody. This is look up. Oh snap! So this is definitely an oddity. My bad. And there he goes, tasting the beer before it's time. No, it was all foam, I guess. No, we're good. But uh, look at this. This is a very rare style of beer, a golden stout. This is called a stout. It's called an imperial stout. This is named an imperial stout. Well, look at that color. It's not black at all. Most stouts, obviously, are black. But, uh, you know, uh, Dragon's Milk make a uh, make a white stout. And then this one, obviously, is a white stout. But it, they're, you know, calling it straight up golden, not using the gimmicky whiteness. Dude, it's actually it. golden, too. You can see the... Oh, yeah, no. It's actually it's gonna be pretty surprised. So we're gonna uh, let's smell it. Oh, it smells very, very sweet and coffee like. Yeah, it smells inviting actually. It doesn't smells have, inviting. Like, the smell definitely describes a lot of what it's already saying that's in it. Now we're gonna see if the name is just a gimmick. Uh, I don't know how many stouts you've had in, in the past, but we gotta look for those stouty notes, like kind of like the thickness it has to have like a thicker. Type of consistency. Guinness. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, look for Guinness look one. look for Guinness. I guess, okay. but well, this is an imperial stout. Is the problem imperial? St- no, imperial. Go- yeah, imperial golden stout. So I don't know. I'm gonna. I guess I'll look for those notes, and you just look for if it's good or not. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I can look for both. But yeah. You, know, you, you do you. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Ooh. The phone. Look at that sticking to there. Oh, the phone's still on mine. Good stuff. But I'm waiting for you to try yours. I want to hear you All right. first. Here I go. It smells very honey-like. Drum roll. Okay. Oh, yeah. Has a... I, I, I see what they meant by peanut butter. That's apparently coming from the almonds mixed with the lactose. So it's like almond butter, almost. 
uh, a little thinner than a typical Imperial Stout, but that taste is still there. The taste manages to have a stout-like finish. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can... You could probably dye this beer black and sell it straight like a like just a regular peanut. Like it, you could probably sell this as a peanut butter stout, to be honest. The uh, yeah, the peanut that peanut butter flavor. I get more of that peanut butter flavor that they're saying right here than I do the coffee. I'm getting less coffee. And I'm getting it's and like you, and all you know, visually, almond it butter. It kind of almost looks like a, a cream soda. Visually, it has like a peanut butter cream soda taste. A little. little. The, the the bitterness from the coffee's coming through. You know what? It says cold brew coffee, and cold brew coffee kind of sucks. So I don't know. Oh. I don't okay. Know. Well, go I'm, for it. I'm gonna go for mine. I can only assume that's almond butter. You know, honestly, this beer is perfect for Christmas time. Oh yeah. But I don't say that because anybody here that likes. That candy. You might have to help me pronouncing the name. Oh, peanut brittle. No, no. The, the Fiora Rochelle. 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 The however you say it. The little gold. You know. Okay, guys. Everybody. Everybody. Listen. Golden. It's the it's the gold it's the golden candy that has like the hazelnut in the middle and it's chocolatey. It's got it's like something Rochelle. It's like Fiora Rochelle. Maybe I'm saying this wrong. Uh, duets. No. Golden Crunchies, molasses. No, it's called uh, Ferrar Ferrar Michaud. Yeah, Ferrar Michaud. So Fer pull that up real quick. Ferrar Michaud. Oh goddamn it! Ferrar Michaud candy. Salty Ferrari, Swedish candy. No, this right here. This. Oh, okay. Yes. And I don't. Anyone that can see this, well... I'm just That's what it tastes like to you? To me, no, no, I wasn't going to say that. What I actually was going to say, like, it's this right here. If no, we can't see it. <laughs> it's the Fiora Rochelle. But, but, okay, guys. This beer, honestly, would be a great beer if you're sitting there after Christmas and you got some of that chocolate with you. And this beer, for some reason, would actually taste good with chocolate. It would actually, like, if you're eating some of that Rochelle or even a Reese's Peanut Butter. Oh, yeah. Milk, this beer, I'm, I'm being honest, this beer right here would go good with desserts. A chocolate pie, chocolate something bag. something chocolatey, peanut butter, caramely, or even hazelnut-like. This beer would be brilliant to serve, like, guests. Like, if you have a bunch of adult guests at your house and y'all y'all playing some get board games or whatnot... This beer here would be almost dead perfect to serve them. It, it would be, it would be because it, it has that taste, and at the same time, it's kind of like something you could also drink in the morning, like if you just wanted a Christmas type edge. Oh yeah. You know? And another thing, it has a stout. It has a really stout finish. Not to be uh, generic when I use that term, but the finish is very strong. But it's not overwhelming to a point to where you go, eh, nah. And it doesn't have a real bitter taste. It actually kind of flows through the beer. And um, it's a beer, when cold, 
you could probably drink. It's drinkable. It's not something you're going to drink one time and go, I've had my fill of it. I really don't. It's something you could drink a couple of. Oh, definitely. yeah, no, this is good. Now, I wouldn't say you could, you could do, like, if you're in for games, like, do beer pong. With no, them. hell no. But as far as sitting down having a couple of long necks or a couple of, of uh, cans, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. And, uh. Devour, man. Solid solid little beer for, by Three Nations Brewing. I think uh, last year we had a Three Nations Brewing uh, cream brulee uh, on the 12 Stouts of Christmas. So it's nice to have another Three Nations on on the 12 Stouts. This one uh, did not disappoint. Uh, I'm surprised, you know. I'm surprised by this by this company. Uh, their Stout game is off the hook. Their, their Hazy IPA was decent. And so uh, I'm gonna be checking. I'm gonna be looking out for more of these and uh, and, and getting them when I can. Um, when I can. I'll say, I'll say <laughs> this too. I don't know if it would work, but after tasting a little bit, this might be one of the few beers that if you really wanted to try something crazy, cook with it. No, that you'd make like a uh, a float out of. With like oh, beer. like a beer float. Yeah. Yeah. And this might be one of the ones that would actually work. We had that almond butter, man. That it's already got cooks. it's already got some ingredients that kind of melds with it. It's got milk yeah. already in it. It's got honey. It's got it's got a the almond flavor, peanut butter. It's already got kind of like a creamy texture to it without being creamy, really. So I mean, it wouldn't be far fetched to maybe serve this up with some vanilla ice cream. Oh yeah. I mean, for people that would want to try that. Uh, that so I mean, like I said, this this is definitely to me a good holiday beer, like especially around Christmas time, dessert time. Uh, I would not recommend drinking this beer during the summer. I don't think it would work very well. I think it'd be too thick on your stomach. Oh and, yeah. But definitely during the winter when it's cold and you're like, man, I want some hot chocolate, but I don't have it. This is a good substitute. Good little substitute beer yeah. right here. Oh yeah. Now, uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna push it down just a little bit so I can see our beers. Okay. <laughs> now it's too much. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Time to talk about some life advice. You ready to do life advice? You want to rate this beer? What would you rate this beer? Um, one to ten is how we're rating. Yes, we'll do one out of ten. Some people say you know six unicorns out of a buggy, or three chimpanzees out of a zoo. I would. I would <laughs> actually, I'd rate this beer probably about a six and a half. A six and a half, baby. Close to a seven. Close to a seven. I'm gonna give this beer an eight. An eight out of ten. It's kind of crazy. He's kind of, that's kind of a high rating, I'll, I'll, be, I'll admit. But it's one of these beers that uh, if I see again, I'll buy. And I'll buy it a few times and just keep it in the fridge for like... Uh, you know what? I pro I'm probably going to go and buy more of this beer just to have as like drinking beers while we <laughs> while review, review beer like in the later episode. like the, Throughout the rest of the 12 pods of Christmas, I'm going to go buy this just to drink while we're reviewing the other Don't beers. Don't fool you. He's going to go buy some ice cream and do what I suggested. I'm not doing that. You lie. Don't make me use my redneck voice on you. But I will say this as a suggestion. If you are going to try a float with this, I would suggest making sure that the ice cream is not runny at all, that it's straight out of the box, cold as possible. Oh, yeah. And then put it in there. I think if you let it get runny, it would kind of, I don't know, it would make the whole entire thing taste milky. Ugh. So you definitely, if you're going milky. to do that, my advice is scoop that ice cream while it's fresh and cold. You know? Yeah, we don't want it to be milky. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, time to do some life advice. I think this is life advice five. Might be six. I don't know. 
We've done quite a few. It's a very popular segment for opinions and beer. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. We're jumping into Reddit right now, going through life advice. Let's go ahead and pick the first thing that we got. This one is career advice. Uh-oh. Do you have any career advice you're ready to give? Yeah, I'll give some. All right. Here is their story. It's pretty long. Let's go. The, 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 the title of this post Reaching a breaking point. Okay. <clears throat> we've, been, we've all been there. Hello. Anonymous here. I work full-time. My wife works part-time, running her own contract business. She doesn't have many contracts yet, and while her income for sure helps, and she contributes in every other way imaginable, my income covers the large majority of our bills and expenses. Gotcha. This post is not about her. Then why'd you say it, buddy? <laughs> trying, trying to, trying to give us. We're trying to give you life advice, and you're trying to give us your whole goddamn life story. We need. We're giving you life advice, not life mentorship. That's virtue signaling at its finest. Yeah. I uh, will talk about her and how she doesn't really contribute to the whole household. But then again, guys, it's not about her. I crashed my car yesterday. Balling. <laughs> <laughs> Ballin' is what he says. Yeah, <laughs> I crashed my car yesterday. Work has had me so exhausted that I've been struggling to stay awake during the day. And yesterday, I dozed off behind the wheel and hit a tree. So you're blaming work for not being able to drive? Have you ever heard of calling He a was tired. Why did he call somebody picking up? Because he was tired and he dozed off behind the wheel and hit a tree. Responsible. Four hours later, a woman ran a stop sign and T-boned my wife. That's some bad luck. That's called karma. That's some bad one. No, I'm T-bone man. I dare her and have a full-time job, so let's get her in a wreck, too. Man, a woman ran a stop sign and T-boned my wife. Sick. Her wiener's T-shaped. Get it, T-boned? <laughs> Anyways. Dude, she's got a wiener T-shaped. I uh, totally. She that family forwards and sideways. So totaling our only other vehicle. Balling. We are both physically fine. My job has my job has been making me miserable for years, and the pressure since my wife started her own business to be the sole breadwinner is crushing. Nothing any nothing anywhere near me or remote that I'm qualified for even pays remotely close to what I make now. So many bills, two cars to replace, three mouths to feed. I feel like I'm on the fast track to a breakdown, and I don't know what to do. Scared to leave my job. Scared to stay at my job. Don't know what to do. I mean, is that all? Is that all he said? Yeah, that's it. There we go. All right. If you want me to roll first, I will. Go ahead, roll. Look, without without the jokes, you know, the whole balling and everything. That's me putting flavor to the show. I'll be honest a minute, man. You've got to support your spouse. I mean, if she has a dream to do something, you need to support that. And you know, you're obviously signaling that you are paying the bills. You apparently. Enjoy. The, I mean, most most people in relationships generally the guy. I'm not trying to be misogynic, misogynic or whatever you want to call that, or being biased or sexist in any way when I make this statement. But the traditional ideology is that the male normally provides the majority of the money to the household. He's the breadwinner, so to speak, or you know, he provides the monetary expenses. My thing is this, man. If you're young, you didn't tell me your age. If you're young, man, and you you got three mouths to feed, and that includes you, your wife, and your kid. Take it for somebody that has a large family. 
you have more mobility than you think. Go out there and look for a different job. Find a new field. Heck, uh, you know, maybe convince your wife to maybe put that on hold a little bit and 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 work a full-time job and go get a college degree. Go don't be scared to take risk. Don't be scared to change career fields. It might be the best thing you've ever did in the world. If you're that depressed about your work environment, if you're if you're if you're if you're working your butt off to make ends meet and really not seeing the light of day, that might be a cue that you might need to change things. And as far as bills are concerned, man, bills come and go. I'm not telling you not to pay your bills. I'm not suggesting this. But there's ways out of your bills. There's there's a consolidation. There's bankruptcy. There's ways that you will come out later on on the other end of it. So don't let the bills completely be um, a, a definitive reason for why you hang somewhere you don't want to be. Uh, make sure it's because it's for all the right reasons. A, does this job provide for your family? Obviously. B, is it a career that at the end of the day you can live with? Uh, C, is there light at the end of the tunnel, which means there's promotional opportunities, things like that? And D, does this, is this job something you really want to do? And if it doesn't fit all four of these criteria, maybe you shouldn't do it. And don't be scared to take a plunge. Don't be scared to take a plunge in anything in life. I've learned that the hard way, and I'll definitely tell anybody in the future that. Be willing to look around. It's not, gonna be, it's not harmful to look around. You don't have to quit your job to look around. You can even take classes while you're at your job. You can do it online at night. You can, you can even take the post office job and go get a post office job. There's a lot of things out there. There are a lot of people are hiring right now, actually, for Amazon. You know, it's stay-at-home jobs. Yeah. There's a lot of stay-at-home jobs. Matter of fact, I know my, my sister-in-law, uh, one, of, one of my wife's cousins, and and somebody else I know, all three of them have stay-at-home jobs, and they make pretty, and my sister, not to mention, and they make pretty good money. So I mean, don't be scared to look. That's my advice to you is that's that's a tough break that y'all both got y'all both got wrecked y'all's vehicles. It is. And it's rough and it's stressful and you're scared, you don't know what you're gonna do. And then you look at you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, Man, things are just not working out. The man, life doesn't give us favors. It doesn't matter what you believe in, it doesn't matter what you think. Uh, free will takes its course. You have to be willing to make choices. And sometimes the choices come out to be good. Sometimes they're bad. But you have to be willing to take that risk. So my advice to you moving forward is take a risk in a smart way. Look why you still have this job. There's no harm in that. Uh, maybe ask your wife if she'll take her hobby of being a, constru uh, uh, a contractor on hold a little bit and maybe help maneuver you in a different direction. I mean, there's y'all are a team. A husband and wife or a team, and y'all are not going to succeed if you're not on the same page. So be on the same page, see if she'll help you with it, and move forward. I mean, that's all you can do. That's all any of us can do. But that would be my advice to you. Good God, Kevin. You're like a device whisperer. Uh, pff, I'm just drinking the beer, dude. You're damn good at this shit. I, I'm, I'm going to get you on every Life Advice episode we do. You're fucking coming out. That's how fucking good. Then my hair's going to fall out. With oh, my me. God. <laughs> You're fucking then I'll be good. I'll on Taking Back Nerdle. Oh, sure. my God. You are dropping the good shit. So, anyways, that was some pretty good Life Advice from Kevin. We're going to move on to the next Life Advice. Life Advice. This is General, general Advice. The caption here is car suggestions. Hey, wait a minute. I'm not getting you off the hook that easy. What was your opinion on that, on that topic? Mine? Yeah. Just because I say it don't mean you can't. 
Oh my God! You had a good. They might. They might want you. You are a pins and beer. They might want to know what you think too. I'm the beer man. You're yeah. the. I'm. I'm the beer guy. I'm the commentator. You're the color commentator. Well, this is what you should do. You should take a sip of that beer and tell me what you think. What you think they should do? I think you're being a little bitch. <laughs> 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 I wow. think I think you need to tell your wife to get her lazy ass up and quit doing contracts. What does that even mean, doing contracts? doesn't make no sense. What is she doing? She only has a few people to do what? Contracts? doesn't make no goddamn sense. That's a fake fake job. She's doing a fake job. You can tell her to get a real job. And you, you need, uh, you're saying there's nothing around you, then you need to work... You need to work longer hours. You need to you need to game the system and get extra hours, and, and you need to suffer and wake up an hour early and, not, and stay and try to, to convince someone to let you work a double. I don't know. Figure that shit out, Billy. <laughs> That's your real fucking name. Wow. That's my life advice. My life advice is suck it up, Buttercup. Some people have it worse than you, and you're just going to Reddit complaining like a little wow. bitch. <laughs> Billy, if you're whoever your name is out there, uh, might want to lock up the knives. And <laughs> My <days>. God, <laughs> just throwing it out there, man. Car suggestions. Oh. General advice. Walk. Hello. I recently. I recently. Hello. I recently hit a beam with the front. Oh my God. <laughs> this might be the woman. They caught in a wreck earlier. So oh, snap. No, I don't know. No, I'm just saying. No, that would be funny if his wife posted <laughs> separately. It's, it's, all, it's all separate wreck. Yeah. Like, what's up with all you people getting in wrecks? For one. Learn how that, to drive. Get that horizontal thing taken care of first. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't get wrecks. Hello. I recently hit a beam with the front driver's side of my car. It's drivable, but the headlight and front bumper most likely need to be replaced. I also had a clear brawl on. What? I also had a clear bra on the car. Balling. What does that mean? That's one of them that's one of them protective things that they put on the front to keep bugs and stuff from getting on it. Okay, I also had a clear bra on so I'm not you sure. Just cars that have the it's normally black. You know them cars you'll see that have that like that black cover on the very front of the car? It kind of fits over it. Okay. It's what she's saying. She's got one, but it was clear. It's it, what it's designed to do is to keep bugs and stuff from getting into your, uh, your, your you know, your inside the internal part of your. Vehicle. Oh, okay. Especially if you have one of them turbocharged that use air suction. Mm -hmm. It's to help prevent stuff like that. Uh, so I'm not sure how that comes into play. I drive a 14, so a 2014 Toy Toyota Toyota 4Runner. And owe just under $17,000 on it. I'm looking for suggestions on what would be the best course of action financially. I would like to get a new car, but was wondering if I should get the damage fixed because I may get more money back when I trade it in. And if I do get the damage fixed, should I go through insurance or try to pay out of pocket? Thank you in advance. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's should, easy. Yeah, you probably go through insurance. It's called research. Huh? It's called research. research. Find out what you call your insurance company, see what they'll do, see what it's going to do to your premiums, and then call body shops and dealerships and see what they're going to charge you to fix it. And then make a informed, oh, I mean, and then make an informed decision. And then as far as trading it in, 
That's another thing you can do. You can call the dealership, or if you have one close, drive it over there, let them look at it, let them appraise it for you real quick. Then, then go find out how much it costs to fix the part, and then decide, okay, do, is the hit from leaving it on just like it is really that much difference than me just trading it in, or is it going to be worth my time to fix it then trade it? Because sometimes, not very often, Sometimes you can get a deal for a car that's good enough to where you don't need to lose that money fixing it. It just depends on what it is. Yeah. It depends on how bad it is. If it's a piece they can fix that I would say under a thousand bucks, it might not even be worth your while to fix it. They might give you such a deal on the trade that they they sometimes can get away with getting cheaper parts to fix the vehicles than they give you. Remember that. Remember everything's a business. If you go somewhere to get it fixed, they're gonna up the price of and cost of that part to make money off of you. So when you trade it in, they're not going to spend that much money to fix it as you're going to be spending because they are a dealership that gets kickbacks from the companies because they promote the products and promote the parts and everything like that. So sometimes it's better to just leave it like it is and trade it. Um, my advice to you, though, if you've had this car since 2014 and you still owe 17 on it, my gosh, um, <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably in a really bad hole. And unless you plan on throwing some money in that, I couldn't foresee your note getting any cheaper. Let's really see, well, yeah, because if anything, if you trade Dude, that, if you trade that it's in, twenty twenty one right now, she's had that car for what seven years? I she seventeen grand. Would she do get a BMW? Did she get a Toyota Four Runner? No, what did she? You know what? That's what it's called. Let's uh -huh. see. I used to be. A, see. I'm gonna call this right 2014. now. Twenty fourteen. Adam, I'm gonna say this right now. I used to be a car salesman for two years for Honda, and I can tell you this: you got your head rolled down I nine. Somebody that sold you that car went to casino right after. All you right, your so you got jipped. right now. You paid like forty thousand for a thirty thousand dollar vehicle. Yeah, well, right now it's a it's a thirty it's a twenty nine a twenty fourteen Toyota Four Runner right now mm -hmm. used eighty eight thousand miles is twenty nine thousand nine nine thirty thousand. Yeah, but you gotta consider when they sell used vehicles, and I know this because I used to be a salesman for this stuff. They mark it up high. Some used vehicles could actually be marked up $8,000 beyond what they paid for it. You just got to know that and be willing to haggle with them. So, really, I'll just throw eight as a number. Well, if this is 29, I bet you that's worth 20 or something. Let's 19. see. What, what's a. What's a I, I bet you a 2021 Toyota 4Runner is this. In would, poor condition because it's got damaged. Well, no, let's. That's what the, that's what the low right. baller with. They'll low baller and say it's poor Hold condition. Hold up. KBB. A, a 2021 Toyota 4Runner. Used is sixty two thousand dollars, so that's twenty twenty one. So twenty fourteen, it would have been around. It probably would have been sixty thousand or fifty fifty something thousand dollars, right? I mean, a brand new one. No, because the Forerunner ain't even their big one. Sequoia is. What's a brand the, the, new one? The Forerunner is like their mid, one of their mid size SUVs. You would think that thing would roll between twenty and thirty tops. Thirty six. Twenty twenty one. Brand new. Thirty six. See, basic. This is the basic one. This is the basic old. one. She owes seventeen. How, what's her fucking payments? What's her payments? No, I guarantee you, seven years ago they weren't that expensive. They probably were in the, like the high twenties or so. Is this was twenty fourteen? She said twenty fourteen. Yeah. God, twenty fourteen. Yeah, something's off with that. Because I have a twenty fourteen Hyundai Sonata, just under seen... seventeen thousand. Yeah. What, what do you think her payments were? Holy shit! She's probably like paying like five or six hundred a month. Starting MSPRP is forty three thousand. So oh my gosh, she's probably paying like some. Ash she's probably paying a house note for that car. Yeah, that's what my opinion is. Yeah, for, she still owes just under seventeen thousand. So she's paid. She paid at least thirty thousand of it off. This is my opinion. Thirty thousand since twenty fourteen. Draw. You better find some sort of deal where they're going to give you some money. 
and you better thank the heavens they do to get you out of that negative that you're going to be flying in. And you better, you better, you better, and you better not try to trade for a new one. That's my other advice. Your, your notes are going to be in the thousands if you because that inequity that you have, it's going to, it's going to come. And, and uh, you need to be ready for it. And my advice to you would be maybe trade for something newer, but but have lesser miles. But it needs to be used. That's the only way you're going to come out of this without severe money problems. Yeah. Uh, because if you trade it for a new one, as expensive as they are right now, and all that inequity, hey, you're not snap, getting. You might as well go out. You might as well go get you like a double wide trailer. You might as well go yeah, buy a, a house. Hey, if you trade it in damaged, you're not getting. You're not getting seventeen thousand for it. Probably. You're probably getting ten thousand for it. If I'll put you this way, you, how much do you think they're getting? Trading in with the, with that damage. Well, the dealership's going to lowball her like they always do at first. Like so, she's probably not going to get what she owes. They're going to probably try to. Oh get hell her. no! They're probably going to give her like fucking. And so this is what they're going to do. They're going to give her. I'm going to go ahead and call it. They're going to try to give you like eleven thousand, twelve thousand, some really trash number to start with, and you might bump them to thirteen. They're going to turn around and take that car, and they're going to sell it for over 20-something. And they're going to make a killing. That's what dealerships do. They don't make their money from the new part. They make their money from the used part. They, they sell the new cars, and they get very small profit from those. But what they get is what, what they're doing is they're getting their money from the used car that you traded in. That's the business. It's, it's, it's how it works. That's why every new dealership most of the time has a pre-owned part because it's a circle. They're only going to make a couple of grand. Now, that, that, that's that's a that's a um, a lot of people need to know this. Most new car dealerships don't make a ton of money off of you from the new car. They make the money off the old car. That's where it comes in because there's such a markup that they can throw on them used vehicles. It's ridiculous. I literally went to get a vehicle one time, a used vehicle, and caught them trying to mark that vehicle up 11k, eleven thousand dollar markup. If I would have said yes to that, even if it fit my monthly payments, I would have got scammed all over the universe. Them salesmen, <laughs> when they left me, would have been partying like it was 1999. And that's a reference from Prince. But they would have been going to the casino, and the dude that sold the car would have been like, it's on me. Yeah, He would have made such a profit off that. Most salesmen get like a get like a draw or they get a commission and even on a fourth of commission which is 25 percent of the profit if they sold the car eleven thousand dollars over markup that particular salesman would have got like almost three grand just from that Jesus. car i'm serious and that's what you gotta watch for it, they, they have to make money for their families i'm not trying to make them all bad guys but you know your best bet would yeah. to go find a used vehicle that has high markup to where maybe they can soak some of that inequity out of the car you have, because that's the only way you're going to get out of this without paying like a two or three hundred dollar more note a month. Uh, hey, that's just being realistic. When I bought my Sonic, the guy was pretty cool. But I think I think you know their deal is they're trying to get like re re recurring customers. Someone that comes back the year the next year. Yeah, I they'll guess. have incentives sometimes to help them out, but for the most part, that's the problem. So like, so I actually had a, I had a, I had a guy who basically to, uh, he basically gave up. His entire uh, commission, just to get my, just just so just to get uh, me in the car. Apparently, that's what uh, what he told me. That might have been a yeah. sales tactic. Might have been a sales tactic. Because, yeah, but it was it was another, it was another guy that said it. another guy came in. He's like, man, he must have hooked you up because uh, <laughs> yeah, he. I guess he's not taking any. He he's not getting any money from this sale. Yeah. <laughs> he's not getting any money from this deal. I was like, oh god. 
<laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that, my advice to you would be if you're going to trade it, find a used car that has yeah. lesser miles than you, than yours and still serves the same purpose. Obviously, you got a midsize SUV, so you need a midsize SUV, I would assume. Go find you a midsize SUV that has maybe half that. Maybe find a 2016, yeah. 2017, maybe, that has less miles, way less miles. Maybe, I, I'm going to guess. Well, you I, well, probably have a hundred thousand miles or close. Either you're ninety thousand or one hundred and twenty. But I, I guess her main her main question was, trade it in as is or trade it in after fixing it. She has to do that research for herself. No one can answer that. Like she's gonna have to figure out how much it costs to fix it. A. And then you have to figure out is it worth fixing. Yeah. B. You're going to have to find out, if you don't fix it, what are they going to give you for the car? And the only way you're going to know to do that is call the insurance company, call the dealership, and and make them decisions. Because you're going to have to find... Because what if what if the car company says they'll give you 12500 for that SUV, and then you say if you fix it, they say thirteen one. That's $600. But what if it costs you more than $600 to fix it out of your own pocket? Yeah. You have to know these variables before you make a decision. You're going to have to. That's the part where there's no advice we can give other than you going and doing your homework and being an investigator. That's on you to do as a person. That's the advice. The only advice you can take. You don't have to make them decisions, but... I can tell you definitively, though, if you're trading that car in, you better better drop your standards. A bit, if you don't, you don't. Yeah, you're gonna be paying you're gonna on pay like the thousand dollars a month yeah, for a Toyota. That, 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 that you don't, that you don't have. That you don't have. And then you're gonna see a Land Rover fly by you, and that dude's paying eight hundred. You're gonna feel trash because you're like, man, I'm paying a thousand dollars for a four runner, and the guy's like, really? I'm paying, uh, paying eight hundred dollars for this brand new Land Rover. Oh, good like, God! Eh? You know, but hey. You know, or Alexis, you're gonna see Alexis going down the road, and the guys like, man, I only pay seven fifty a month. Seven fifty a I month. I pay a thousand for this Ford, or thousand for a Ford, right? Oh my god, you know, that's what's gonna happen. Next up on life advice, there's your life advice. Next up, we have career advice. The headline on this is go to art school or not. It's the answer is or not. <laughs> huh? What time? It's two sixteen. What time you gotta go? I gotta be there by two thirty. Okay, okay. This will be the last one. Okay, last one. Okay, let's get a good one then. Uh, here we go. This is a long one, but it's gonna be a good one. We can answer it and go on. <clears throat> here we go, guys. Kevin's gotta skedaddle out of here, but we're gonna do you the. Gotta pick up some. Gotta pick up some chores and pick up the chores. Uh, here's our final life advice. It's a long one. We're gonna get through it though. My father keeps asking for money, and I don't know what to do. This is under financial advice. Is that all he said? Yeah. That's so. How am I supposed to give you? No, 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 no. He has a story. Oh. That, that's the. Uh, okay, my bad, my bad. Go that, ahead, go that's ahead. the thing. Okay. I'm about to go off on him. I am. I am part of a fan. <laughs> I. I am part of a family of five. We live in Brazil, and my father is a freelancer. So there are months that his income is big, and others with a low income. I work as an intern in a multinational company and receive a salary of two thousand dollars. One of my sisters is a college student and doesn't work. My other sister just started a job as a teacher and earns the same as I do. And my mother is a housewife. My father is financially irresponsible and always spend much more than he earns. Some years ago, he asked. For a lot of bank loans, and hopefully right now are all paid, we as a family agree that we would never ask for a loan again. The problem now is that since he can't ask for a loan in the bank, he is now asking me for the money. I don't see any problem helping my family with a part of my salary, 
when I started working, I sent my father $500 every month. However, my father has a credit card with a $3,000 limit that he is always using in full, and right now is his income as a freelancer is really low. In November, he earned only $1,000. For the last two months, October and November, he asked, he asked $2,000 for me each month, basically my whole salary, to cover the bills of that credit card. As I have some money saved, I sent the money to him because I knew that if I didn't, he would secretly ask for a loan. Now, in December, he asked me for $3,000. I had this amount saved, but I am afraid that I'm going to use all my savings with this and be out my money soon. My sister that is a student has some money saved because our auntie sent her some of them. Blah, blah. All I see, all, all I, all I see is that she is buying clothes for parties, expensive, expensive stationary items, and zero worried about our financial situation. Recently, I had to pay a bill for her, and she told me she could only pay me back when she received her paycheck. I felt like I am all alone trying to solve our financial situation and that my father will keep asking for money forever. I won't be able to save money, and he will soon get into another loan that we can't pay. The expenses in the credit card, blah, 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 blah. So I went to, but recently he also went to an orthodontist to get new glasses that cost $1,000. So there are essentially bills and other things he buys even after knowing he doesn't have money to pay. How should I deal with the situation? My savings are getting low now. I will have to move to another city and I'm afraid of him getting loans that he can't pay if I don't give him money. I mean, that's easy. Have a, have a really stern talk with your dad. I mean... Your dad is supposed to be the person that's overseeing y'all's monetary finances and being there for you and taking care of you. And if he's doing some selfish stuff that's affecting y'all like that, then that's up to y'all to quit being enablers. When, when you allow someone to do something to you over and over and over and you never call them out, you never take a stand, then you're part of the problem because they get comfortable. Whether, I'm not, and it's not an excuse. He should look to himself and realize quit being so selfish. But when you allow someone to do something over a while, they get comfortable doing it. So that's where uh, I think enabling is, is, is the word to use. You need to quit being enablers. Call him out on it. Say, look, we're not going to give you any more money. You know, when you, we, and, and you know what? If, if y'all know when he has downtime, then y'all should take a portion of his <clears> income <throat> to cover during the downtime. That was, that's a really an easy fix, really, if you think about it. Like, let's say I make 100000 a year, but I'll make all of it in the first half of the year. And let's say our expenses equal about eighty thousand a year. Well, you know, uh, maybe maybe take twenty thousand of that, or fifteen thousand of that, or what have you, and go blow it how you want, and then leave yourself like a little bit of a cushion, and take the other eighty thousand and pay your pay your freaking bills. Pay your bills. Um, my, my opinion is maybe y'all, maybe y'all need to do something silly called. Take care of your business. Like, no, I'm serious. Like, like, no, I'm, I'm not trying to be. I'm, no, no, no. You're about to make me laugh. I'm not trying to make light of this. But listen to me. Think about this logically. You you have a light bill that runs all through a year, right? Why can't you go call and see how much money you spent on the light bill last year? Why can't you call and see how much? And you know how much your rent is, obviously, or your your mortgage or whatever you have. Call and see how much that costs. Add up all your bills for a year time, and then when he makes all of his money. Put that money back. Duh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, 
I don't mind giving lessons to people that really need it, but that kind of sounds like that y'all are just comfortable doing what y'all are doing, and then you're playing victimization when you get butt hurt about it. Just tell him to be responsible. Yeah, quit being... It's not hard. And obviously, though, as you can tell from his post, uh, his sister is now asking for money. So he's now... He has now enabled other people in his family to be irresponsible. Yeah, uh, he's he's taught toxic lessons. It's okay for me to do this because I do this, you know? Yeah. My thing is this, y'all know the bills, if y'all all contribute, put a put a cash flow to where a pot, so to speak, to where it covers the bills for a year, and then distribute it throughout the year and then just everything else then divide it up and say, Hey, this is our free money. There's a lot of ways you can fix this. You don't need my advice. You just need to do something silly and turn on your brain and, and use it. <laughs> I mean really Turn on your damn brain. You need to drink you need to drink devire. And then you'll figure it out. Devour. Devour, whatever. <laughs> Yours the eye. This is a three nation brew, so even though you're You need life country, advice on how to read. Yeah. No, well, well, I, I might need to know how to read, but at least I don't have that problem. Um, it's a three nation brew, so it includes your nation. You know, drink it, figure it out. But that's my advice to you is man, just pony up to your dad, tell him you're not doing it anymore. Tell him you don't mind helping out, but that's ridiculous. And then your mom your mom is the one that needs to Tell her husband, hey, you know, you need to you need to be more responsible for your money. I mean, they they are they do live in Brazil. All right, well, I gotta go. All right, well, that's just our opinions, and that's fine. All we have here are opinions, opinions. and beer. We are opinions.